We go out to find the sheep, and then we're saying, when we go, then we invite. Hi, everyone. Gary Tester from Catholic Charities of Central Florida here with... Father Anthony from Catholic Charities as well. I love it when you say that. <laughs> and joining us today as a guest is Deacon Mike McElwee, who is from St. John the Evangelist in Brevard County. Deacon Mike is going to be talking with us today, Father Anthony, about a process called Open Table and how it's mercy in action in Brevard County. Good. Well, I'm really very much looking forward to hearing what this is all about. Uh, it's a beautiful you know. program. Deacon Mike, welcome. Hi, Gary. Hi, Father Anthony. It's good to be with you. We're grateful right. you're here. Grateful Good to have here. you. So, Father, would you do Thank the you. honor of opening us with a prayer and reflection? Okay, so because we're dealing with open table, I thought of a very special way of opening with prayer. You always and do. And this may seem quite strange. So our opening prayer will be from one of the Psalms, Psalm 23. So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me through the right paths for his name's sake. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup is overflowing. Goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. One of the things that we tend to do in our podcast is that we try to make connections and as we connect things, coming to talk about the open table, today, just to look at the words from that psalm, you spread a table before me. Because any open table that we have, we do that because of the Lord. And I always like to remind people that Pope Francis said, that anything that we do in the name of Jesus, it is a work of mercy. And so just to have an open table, an open table policy, it means that we are offering an invitation, an invitation to others to come to this table. And when they come to the table, they are fed. People are fed spiritually, they're fed spiritually. But in this feeding, what they're doing or acknowledging is that they are in the Lord's presence. And it is the hope that they'll be in this presence all the days of their lives. And so with this in mind, having prayed that psalm, we will now launch into what we need to launch it today. Thank you, Father. That's a great segue. Um, Open Table is a program that was developed by a man named John Katoff out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, John is a Methodist, and he looked around and saw that the way his church was serving the poor and the homeless was really transactional and not transformational. 
Uh, he tells the story that uh, the kids in the youth group would get the adults who chaperone them to take them down to the homeless shelter. They'd set up tables. They'd hand out water and granola bars. The homeless would stay on one side of the table, the kids on the other, the adults over there with the kids. And it would be, here's your water and your granola bar. They would say thank you. They'd say thank you back. They'd say you're welcome. Uh, they'd say God bless you. They'd say God bless you back. And that was the end of the interaction, and we were helping solve homelessness. Mm. Open Table says that if we look at any house of worship, there are many people who desire to be the light of Christ in someone else's life. They just don't know how. And so the concept of the Open Table is to provide that opportunity. And we were fortunate to be able to start introducing the Open Table process uh, here in the Diocese of Orlando about three and a half years ago now. And one of the parishes that really just came alive in embracing the concept was St. John the Evangelist with Father John Brito. And this morning, uh, Deacon Mike is with us. Deacon Mike has uh, helped to spearhead this ministry there. And Deacon Mike, we're just curious to hear uh, what the experience of the parishioners at St. John the Evangelist has been with the open table process. First of all, I'd like to thank you because uh, you are the one who, uh, our pastor, Father John Brito, to, uh, to have us take this on as a ministry in our parish. He, um, he met with you probably about three and a half years ago, uh, and he wanted St. John's to be able to do something that wasn't already being done in the community, and you suggested open table, uh, particularly for the reason that it's, it's transformative rather than transactional. Uh, in more simple terms, it, it helps people learn how to fish rather than to give them the fish as they seek to, to break the cycle of our experience, uh, it's been challenging. We have to admit, this is a challenging ministry, uh, meeting people where they are, forming relationships with people, not just standing behind the table and giving out food, but sitting down at the table and sharing food and sharing life with, with people for a, a year uh, and in some, uh, most of our cases of our tables, the people have decided to continue the relationship after the year. Um, it challenges those who are seeking to help that by helping other people trying to grow, we have found that we grow in the process and, and we receive even as we give. But there are bump, there are certainly bumps in the road. Sure there so are. So we are presently yeah, we're presently looking to start our 10th table, uh, and each table is unique because uh, we're working with young adults who are who had been homeless, and through the, the, the mission of Crosswinds Youth Services, they've been able to get into a transitional living program, but they can only stay in that program for up to 18 months, so... We have become an integral part working with Crohn's to help these young people come up with a plan. When I say young people, they're between the ages of 18 and 22, to help them to come up with a plan to when their time in the transitional living program is over, they are able to continue on in their life uh, with a plan, resources, and when they they finish with crosswinds. They, they don't have all those resources there, but by working with us, they have developed resources in the community where they're going to be living and that they can carry on and then have a support system 
uh, as they go through that whole process. So it's been, say, a challenging experience for our parishioners, uh, but it's it's also been a very rewarding experience. One trade-off that we weren't, weren't thinking about, per se, when we entered into this ministry was that the people, the tables that you have talked about, Gary, they go from four to six people. That's that's what we've been averaging at a table. Mm-hmm. And they they build community among themselves. Right. So one one side effect that we've we've experienced is great friendships have been formed among our parishioners themselves, as well as among with the young people that they're working with. And that's a carryover every every day in the parish that hey, some people that you know you, you may have seen across the pews, but now you know their name and you also know them on a deeper level. So that that's been a a, a blessing. Oh, Deacon Mike, that sounds amazing. And Father Anthony, I'm thinking of the fact that we've talked many times about we were created to be in community. We've talked about Catholic social teaching, and and there's um, a tenet of Catholic social teaching that's about community and responsibility. And from what I'm hearing from Deacon Mike, it sounds like St. John the Evangelist, that parish community, has done a remarkable job of embracing a model that promotes it externally and now internally. Because, you know, when you think of it, isn't this what a table is all about? It is. Because when you invite someone to a table, you're saying, come and be with me. And therefore, you're encountering the other person. And all of those who are there at the table, they're encountering each other. And at the same time, they're building up that community. So that's a great thing that you're doing there at St. John's, you know. Well, that's amazing. And and Deacon Mike, you're reporting that the parish is up to 10 tables. And you're saying that, if if I heard correctly, a lot of the parishioners who got involved have opted to continue to relate uh, to be in relationship with the young people that the table serves. Um, we call that in open table talk, we call that the ripple effect. And it's actually been studied mm-hmm. from a research standpoint. And one of the things we notice is that not only do the young people benefit from the what we call the social capital of the men and women who staff the table, we should probably explain a bit about how the process works. Open Table is very well organized, and they do a lot of testing on what kind of effects they're having on the people involved, especially the people who are being helped. And they they contracted with Baylor University, and they did a very extensive uh, study of our first three tables. And it turns out we are the first uh, group in the country. Now, they're in about 20 states, Open Table is. But we're, we're the first to work with young adults specifically. And so the Baylor University did an extensive study on the impact that this has had, not just people being helped, but on the larger community. And they really found, and they have a lot of data to back it up, the benefits of it, so much so that it's being proposed for youth shelters throughout the country by the federal government to use the open table model to help young people who are homeless to, to tap into the resources in the larger community, not just in the providers like Crosswinds, but to make connections with, with like churches, but, uh, so much in the community. And so if you get a chance, it's like a, <laughs> a 30 page study, but it's quite extensive and they have a lot of hard data to say that this is a, a very good model. It's a testament to the realities of the benefit of being ministry to these young people. 
And I think what happens is, is what Deacon Mike is describing, Father Anthony, is a young person is introduced to a table, a group of four to six adults who have pledged to work one hour a week minimum with that young person for one year. And the young person articulates with their help a life plan that, that he or she wants to have. Mm -hmm. uh, the things, the goals that he or she wants to accomplish, not what the table wants to see accomplished, mm -hmm. but what the young person wants to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then we use our social capital, the relationships that we have. For example, um, we may have a young person who wants to go to college, and these are kids who are typically coming out of foster care. So they don't necessarily have the, the family backing that many young people do. Um, and so they don't have anywhere to turn. So they go to the table. The table may say, well, you know, for example, if, if the testers were involved, we have kids who are in college and they know how to navigate the registration and the scholarship process, et cetera. So they might help mentor that young person in this direction. And then someone else may help them get a job. And it just, it, it evolves. And I think the beautiful thing that Deacon Mike is describing is not only do they help the young person to accomplish the life plan, but these relationships develop with the young person and between each other. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that, if I heard correctly, Deacon Mike, you're saying that when these people see each other at church, we've created a tighter community. The light of Christ exists not only within the church and within the relationship that they've created with the young person, but there's a stronger light of Christ in the relationship they have with one another. Yes, that's true. And, and there is also a leavening effect to the whole parish. For example... His youth services is in Coco, which is maybe about 10, 15 miles from where our parish is, and where there is poverty, significant poverty, whereas our parish is located in Vieira, we're in a fairly affluent area. Right. And a lot of our parishioners aren't even aware of the amount of poverty that's literally right down the road. Mm -hmm. But part of this has been an entree into different community and different socioeconomic areas that a lot of our parishioners didn't even know exist. And for example, our, our Council of Catholic Women at Christmas organized a decorating parties and they went into the houses where all these young adults are living and with them uh, organized a decorating and Christmas party. <laughs> so, but they went in and they, they made these homes, you know, beautiful for Christmas. But they also went into the homes, <laughs> homes that they may have never even knew existed, wow. uh, and in the neighborhoods that they may never have even traveled in. I know I didn't always didn't know where these neighborhoods were, and sure. now I do. So, and it, and they just they're so touched by it that they just they want to do more. Well, what else can we do? So, uh, so it isn't only the people who are serving at the table for that one year commitment that you, Gary. But it, it's, it's having, as you mentioned earlier, a ripple effect into the larger parish. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that, Deacon Mike. And I, I love the word you use, leavening. It's a leavening mm -hmm. for the parish community. Um, you know, one of the I'm thinking, Father Anthony, one of the things that we often hear, at least my ears hear, uh, is that the Catholic Church isn't very good at getting out into the community. People know they can come to the Catholic Church for help. But when you hear about door-to-door -door type ministries, Catholics are not known for that. And here Deacon Mike is expressing uh, a ministry evolution at St. John the Evangelist uh, that, that literally has people going to visit people in their homes just to be a part of their life, to bring that light of Christ to them. And I, to me, that is truly mercy in action. You, you know, it's, it's very interesting that only recently I was in a discussion with someone who was very critical of the Catholic Church along those same lines and said that the Catholic Church 
builds itself up by sitting there waiting for persons to come to her and would never go out to people. And <laughs> I'm saying, you know, that's not, not what true. we exist for. We actually go out, you know. We go out to, to find the sheep, and then we're saying, when we go, then we invite, rather than sit back and wait for them to come. You know. and, the, and the only way to invite, just as Jesus did, is that Jesus was incarnate. He came into where we were in our muck and our grime and, and so forth, uh -huh. which is exactly what I see Deacon Mike say, you know. Exactly. They're, they're going out to, to those. And what are they doing? Trying to make something beautiful, not just with the physical, you know, arrangements, but also with the person's lives. Dr. Isabel Fernandez said that in one of our videos. Our first job is to meet them where they are, which is what Deacon Mike has just articulated. Mm -hmm. And then it's to walk with them, as Deacon Mike said, to a fuller life, as Isabel said, uh, back to Christ. Mm -hmm. If we don't meet them where they are, we can't possibly begin that engagement. And so, uh, Deacon Mike, that sounds fabulous. And I know now that Father John is engaging in conversations with the Housing Authority of Brevard County about a foster care program. They have drop-in center for kids who have aged out of foster care. And so it looks like the future for Open Table at St. John the Evangelist will continue to be quite busy. Wow, because this is why I wanted to ask the question. When you started, you because you said that you now have 10 tables. So how many, you started with how many persons and, and how many persons are involved in these 10 tables at the moment? Well, each table has between four and six members plus the young adult. So we're probably, I, I don't even keep tabs of the math, so 10 times uh, six would be 60. Mm. And we also have formed an additional table called a network table that doesn't work directly with a young adult, but their job is to connect with the resources that are in the area to identify, you know, say a, a young person has needs a dentist to, to, rec to find a dentist in the area who's willing to do pro bono work, if you will. Uh, and then also to work with, as I say, Crosswinds, they can have up to 15 young adults at any one time in their transitional living program. And so we might have three or four tables going at one time, but then that means there are some other young adults who aren't able to be at a table, even even though there's a waiting list. They're, they, they're waiting to be on a table if we could just be enough people. But this network table is working with these other young adults to, to assist them, even though they're not at a table on a weekly basis. And, and they've designed something, for example, they recruit people wants to go and cook a homemade meal and bring it to the homes where these young people live and not just bring them the food, but also teach them how to cook. So that's involving people who aren't members at the table, but they're from the larger community and, and many are from the parish who are engaging with the other young adults who, who aren't at table. So again, it has a, a ripple effect. So the numbers kind of multiply a bit that way. That is just great information, Deacon Mike. Believe it or not, we've come to the end of our podcast. Already? Already. Oh. So I think we may have to do a, a, a revisit here. Deacon Mike, thank you for joining us today. We're very, very happy to hear about the success of 
open table effort at St. John the Evangelist, and we're grateful for the work that you and, and Linda, who could not join us today, and the parishioners are doing on the open table front. Yes, and, and thank you again, Gary, and, and Catholic Charities for uh, bringing this model of transformation to our diocese. So I, I highly recommend uh, uh, other parishes, and you don't even, you know, there are businesses, there are colleges who are doing this, uh, so it doesn't only have to be a church, and, and people don't even have to be members of the particular parish to participate in this. So, so thank you for your vision and, and seeing, seeing this excellent model. The Holy Spirit is good to us. Father Anthony, can you wrap us up? So we end in prayer. God of love, show us our place in this world as channels of your love for all the creatures of this earth. For not one of them is forgotten in your sight. Enlighten those who possess power and money that they may avoid the sin of indifference, that they may love the common good advance the weak, and care for this world in which we live. The poor and the marginalized of this earth are crying out. O Lord, seize us with your power and light. Help us to protect all life, to prepare for a better future for the coming of your kingdom, your kingdom of justice, peace, love, and beauty. And praise be to you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Anthony. Thank you, Deacon Mike. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you.